NT. I still like that logo. I love the logo. That you sent that to me right now, right? Cool. Thank you. Oh, you didn't have that? I thought I sent it to you. I sent she, you the you sent something you sent yes. something to Vanessa and I talked to her this morning and she's like, ask for the PNG, which is what you sent me, right? So I got the PNG for that and TCL and I probably just screwed up your whole recording, so Thank no, you. as long as they have it, it's fine. So Yeah, now she has it. We'll post it on the website. We'll get everything going. Okay, Jonathan, today we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to all of us. Uh, ego. Love it. Three letters, eh? Three, lever- three letters, yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Has ego gotten be- better or worse in construction over the years? I can only assume back in the 60s and 70s, ego was kind of a big deal. And I think it's kind of taken a back seat these days. What do you mean by that? I mean, people are not so quick to come strutting onto a job site and spreading their weight. Mm. They're more interested in spreading the, the crew's weight. So is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Because now you've got a collective ego instead of an individual ego. Great question. We know there's ego in construction. I don't give a shit who you are. Whether you're the architect, whether you're the engineer, the designer, the client, all the trades, there's ego attached to what we have to do for a living. But it's a matter of how much is enough ego, how much is not enough ego, because I think you still need ego in construction. Sure. But sometimes it's a little overbearing, and sometimes you have, I, I guess it's just alphas. They're just carrying their weight. That's what I'm trying to. I'm trying to get to is like I think back in the old days, it was an individual's ego was being carried. It's almost like they entered the job site before they physically entered the job mm-hmm. site. Their ego was present first, right? Now I think it's the other way around, but I think it's also the egos following on on the corporation, on the company. So as a, as a brand, they're showing up on the job site before they even show up on the job site. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, great insight and. I, I think there's a few different ways to unpack that. I think the first thing that resonated with me is if, in fact, that holds true, and I think that we can hold two truths at the same time, which is a really interesting concept that we'll pivot into, perhaps. But if that is the case where ego has shifted, then, you know, high five, then guys like you and I are, are doing our job because the word's getting out there to say, guys and girls out there, there's a space for ego, and then there's, a, there's no space for ego. And I think there's a misconception there. I, I, I'm sometimes I I believe that we hear that ego is like the the metaphorical devil. There's no space for it. There's no place for it. And I love it. I mean, ego is one of my favorite topics. It, it's I wrote a book on it. It's everything yeah. that I I wholeheartedly believe in. And I'm not saying there's no space for ego. I'm saying there's self awareness around ego. Right? There's a difference. We need ego because ego is that internal drive, internal calculator, if you will, right? For me, the ego shows up where if I'm in the gym pushing hard or I'm working hard, that ego shows up because it's that narrative in my head that says, remember why you're doing this. You're not doing this for, you know, the the result of, oh my God, I'm going to have a bigger chest, bigger arms, bigger legs. I'm doing this because I want to wholeheartedly show up stronger in life. And so that's where the ego drives me or when I'm fully freaking exhausted, that ego kicks in to keep going, man. That's the ego. There's no space for the ego that we're, that we're talking about here where you're going to come in and beat your chest and say, this is the way it's got to be and shut up, put up or get the hell out. That's 
the difference. That's where the evolution is. I that's think. where the evolution is. I think that that's what construction nowadays, or back in the day, construction there was only so many ways to build. Yeah. Right. We with the standards were still being created and they were still being set. So there's only so many so many ways that a tradesperson did their work and carried their weight. Nowadays, there's a variety of ways, different ways, how to handle projects, how to do things, how to be more efficient. So. I think that the ego is there, but it's not as loud and proud as it used to be, mm. right? But it's just, why do we have it? Is it because we're literally creating fire? Like we're, we're building something from nothing. So tradespeople have this ego that they're like, I'm more important than everybody else kind of thing. Is that where it comes from? I, th I certainly think that there's a sense of pride, right? Yeah. And that's, the, that's what we want to see. We want to see that I give a damn. I want to see that pride. It's, um, you know, it starts with self-awareness. If you don't have the self-awareness because you've never taken the time to learn about it or dig into yourself, then what's going to show up is all the presuppositions and the transferences that you grew up with, right? And if I grew up coming from a space of being yelled and screamed at, then that's what I know. And if I've never broken those narratives and changed those patterns, then I'm going to carry that forward and that can show up as ego so where's the perception then is is the ego perceived by others because you're showing off now you come on the site you do your work you pull it off and now you've got to remind everybody else that you pulled it off that you made it happen it worked and now you should get the credit is that where the perception is coming from or why can't we just be more subtle and quiet and take the high road and just move forward we accomplish that tomorrow we have more tasks to accomplish that's right but I, that's not what we do though we we have different trades people telling each other that their trade is more important than yes the other trades sure which is total horseshit right so it's like i've said it over and over every trade is equal in my mind it's all equal i don't care how you want to defend it or whatever but they're all equal you 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 remove one trade the dominoes don't continue you know what i mean so all of a sudden you need them as much as they need you and vice versa. So it's just like the ego should be left at the door. We say it all the time. We're trying to be more conscious of everybody's interests, but the ego's never really just checked at the door and left there. I think how you react when you accomplish something in a positive is how you present your ego. Okay. Tell me more about that. I think it's, I think the older you get, the more experience you get on a construction site, the quieter you should become. Ah. <sighs> Got it. That's what I think you should do. I think we're all younger and we want to prove ourselves and we want to say that we've got this many stripes on our shirt. So we pulled this off, built the first house, built the second house. We achieved this rating. We achieved that rating. I got this certification. I've got all that shit, right? Yeah. I think when you're younger, you want to boast about it. But I think that when you get older, you let those milestones in your life both for themselves so again i go back to when you're younger your ego shows up before you do versus you show up and then your ego shows up afterwards yeah got it so i think that your respect is followed versus the younger generation the respect is requested at the beginning which i don't think is the right way to do it so i think that if more tradespeople were quieter when they're starting out and i can't really say younger older because you get a lot of 30s, 40s, 50s people that are career changing. You know, you get you hear about architects, engineers. They're like, 
I'm done with the office. I'm going to get on the job site now. So there's, they're doing a second career and they're getting started. I'm pretty sure the ones that I have met, quiet as a mouse. Like they just show up on site and they speak when they need to be spo- spoken to, right? So all of a sudden they start presenting their ideas, but they're not loud about it. Right. But we've seen those tradespeople that are loud about it. They need to identify as, I'm important in this collective. Well, you don't need to be loud about it, is right. what we're trying to say. I don't think you should be loud about it either, right? It just I go back to the analogy of the bull at the top of the hill, right? And all the cows in the valley. It's just the younger bull wants to just race down there, and the older bull wants to walk down there, right? Like That's just a mindset, I think, that you have to take when you're going in there. So I think if you're... A young tradesperson, when I say that, I mean young by experience, not by age. You should come in and understand the crew, the collective. Because they're brothers and sisters in arms that you're going to need help from at some point, either on this job or the next job, next year, Mm -hmm. next decade, when you want to expand. So the quieter you are, the stronger your ego will be, is what I'm trying to get at, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, but that's not what the what is like. Well, but look at what you, I, lo- I love what you talk about. Right, as as human beings progress through life, we become more humble. There's the word, folks. Humble, right? And right, you don't need the self validation because you already know your worth. I've already done this. I, I it's not an insecurity, right? If I'm if I'm younger entering the the space, you know, I still have insecurities, right? And hopefully, I've done the work with the right people around me, sort of drop those limiting beliefs, drop drop that need for validation, drop that narrative that I'm not good enough, right? Because that's what that is. It's like, look at the great stuff I've done and I'm going to post it all over the world and people look at that, it's empty and meaningless. Great. I want to know somebody who's going to do great work. Fine. I don't need to shove down my throat all the time either. There's a difference there, Right. But it's, it's a juggling act too, Jonathan. It's, it's kind of like, I think, younger experienced trades connect the ego to reputation, right? They automatically assume that if they have this presence about them, then it connects with their reputation. So then they build their brand. Then they seem bigger than what they really are. What's the, it, like, what's the hurry? Why, why is there such a hurry to seem like you're much bigger than what you really are? Why don't you just take the natural progress steps? on getting there instead of trying to appear that way. Like, wouldn't that make more sense to have these? Yeah, but we live in a, we live in a, a dopamine rich world. We want yeah. that hit today. Right. So that's what I'm thinking is that the ego is there because it's feeding the reputation. It's feeding and reputation. Look, and, and reputation is huge because at the end of it all, reputation is all you've got. That's what matters. Right. I'm sitting here today with Manny, because of the reputation you have, yeah. because of the impact you've had on me and, and, the, and the impact you have on the world and the people you've connected with, right? You know, 500 shows in, it's the reputation that TCL has. Yeah. Right? You're humble about it. You don't have to, we're not banging it. Yes, we want growth. Yes, that's going. When does that occur? That occurs when you surround yourself with the right people, when you, when you take different approaches, when you, you know, worry about yourself first. Being the best version of yourself first. I never had ego on the job site. I never, and I think a lot of it had to do with, I understood that every single day I had something to learn. Right. So for me to have ego on the job site, it would mean that I know everything. 
And there's no tradesperson that I ever met. Doesn't matter if you're year one or year 50. You don't know everything. So drop that ego because you every day you have something to learn. So if you have something to learn on that single day, then you basically are that kid in the back of the class trying to keep their hand as low as possible and not answering as many questions, but trying to absorb the knowledge. No different than a job site. So if that's the case, then you shouldn't have an ego. And that's why when I got started in construction, I was always interested in learning, picking brains, asking questions, meeting people that were smarter than me about that trade, about the industry, doing the exact same thing at trade shows, going to suppliers and picking their brain and, and just like setting aside the sales BS and focusing on the technical side of things. And I was like, listen, a, a classroom doesn't have to be a table and a chalkboard. A classroom could be a job site. It could be the back of a pickup truck. The classroom could be on the side of the, the, the curb, the sidewalk, where you were sitting there and you're, you're just shooting the shit, whatever, from lunch or whatever, and you're just picking the brain of somebody that has the knowledge that you want to get. Mm -hmm. So you're never going to need the ego. You're always going to need the knowledge. Right. That's how I looked at it. So I quickly learned that, that that perception of I should have an ego, but I don't have an ego it was more about I wanted to learn. I wanted the education. I didn't want the ego. Mm -hmm. Right. But you can definitely go down that same road where you can go, well, I built this and I pulled this off. And that means that, you know, and you get a lot of people admired by what you pulled off. But so what? Compared to what you probably look up to, it's nothing in comparison. It's a temporary admiration. Like yeah. people don't give a shit at the end of it. I'm like, okay, look, even I, I love what you talk about where you know, that you're in the tailgate of a pickup truck and maybe you're hearing the store, the same story for the fifth time. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're present with that person. You don't have to interrupt them. Just let them let become part of their world. That's humbling. That's building your reputation. That's Manny's the guy that actually listens to me. Manny's not interrupting saying, you know, oh yeah, Jonathan, I was in a similar situation. You know what I did? I, I fixed the shelf this way. But it's not about your shelf, man. You got a lot of older trades whether they're the GCs or the actual supervisors or foremans of different trades who refuse to give the younger experienced trades opportunities. And we've heard this over and over. You get electricians being forced to sweep floors. You get plumbers being forced to just drill holes. And they're always like, they do this for a certain amount of time. Sure. Right. And, and I get all that stuff, but I think that the faster we give them an opportunity to taste the real work, the more they're going to want to contribute. And those younger experienced trades are the ones that are going to propel the industry forward. Like the older we get into construction, learning, the fewer ideas we have. When you're younger in construction, got it. you've got boatloads of ideas. You're like, let me try this. Let me try that. Let me do all this stuff, right? Which is great. But as you build your career and you have more experiences and you achieve certain things, you start reverting back to what's already worked really well. Yes. And you have fewer, I've got an idea, right? That's the majority of it. So it's like, you might as well, as you get more experience on the job site, give the opportunity to the younger, less experienced trades out there to come up with new ideas. Because I guarantee you, and that's why I've spoken highly on the show, where I will listen to the tradesperson that's first day on the show, job. I will listen to the tradesperson that's last day on the job. Sir. Because they both will have ideas. Yep. And again, I'm not the smartest one in the room. So then I want to hear what your idea is. Is it a shit idea? That's at the moment or whatever happens. It doesn't matter what it is. But I mean, like, 
if you, it just takes a second for you to listen to somebody that go and listen, I did a little bit of research. I came across this. I understand that this is what's being done in this country. I heard about this being done in the West Coast, East Coast, whatever, right? It's a, it's a dialogue. So all of a sudden you've forgotten the ego and you're contributing to the task at hand, the scope and the work. And now isn't that contributing to the reputation of the business? Yeah, that's absolutely huge. I think that's much bigger than having an ego and strutting along as if you're cameo with a red jock strap. And all of a sudden you're like, I, I got the biggest whatever on the job site. It doesn't make any sense at that point. And then you're definitely going to want to speak to the other trades and see what they're thinking about. All the electricians, all the plumbers, all the trim people, everybody, framers, everybody... They are perfecting their ego, but I've noticed over and over the ones that I've gotten along with really well, we're quiet. Yeah. We're like everybody's level head. It's the dickheads that I challenge them to do a better job that automatically the first thing they do is become loud. And then they start throwing their ego in your face as if, they need to be reminding you of where they came from, how many years they've been doing it, how they've always done this, how this classic line, it's always been done this way, right? So then for whatever reason, their, their contribute to the conversation becomes louder. Why do you need to become louder to tell me that you've been doing the exact same way for the last two, three, four, five decades or whatever? Why do you have to do that? I find that if you want to actually contribute to, to the collective as a team, as the network, Everybody's on the same level playing field and they're all speaking to each other with respect and they're all contributing different ideas. Whether they're amazing ideas, that's for discussion, but that's what we're open to versus someone who has been doing it this way for the like whatever amount of time. It's not open for discussion. So they have an ego and this other person who's open for discussion doesn't have an ego and they want to build a better product. So that's why I always saw it that way. I, I like you butt heads with people. I butted heads with people that were loud and ego driven. I never butted heads with anybody that was more interested in building a solid reputation because of the work. Whether you saw their work in the finishing stage or behind the wall or during the behind the wall stage, sure, they they treated it exactly the same way. We all treated it exactly the same way. But I think that the lazy taillight warranty trades out there the ones that don't truly care they're the loudest been doing it over and over that same way for so many years think that it ain't broken their mind so it shouldn't be changed and i'm like construction needs to change every single day there's something new that comes into the construction industry every single day the problem is the workforce the the business itself the brand politics community dictate whether or not that's actually going to be allowed mm -hmm. right and then the last one which is the killer money money dictates whether it's ever going to be allowed right but you you got to try to figure out is it worth it at that point right it was interesting coming in here uh i was talking to adrian and we were just talking about how is there such a thing as being a profitable successful passive home builder and I said, it's an interesting question. And I said, I don't think so. I think we all start, we want to build better. We want to contribute to the industry and we want to leave a sh smaller carbon footprint. The problem is that you need to compare apples and apples. So if you start calculating your carbon footprint, it should be calculated from the moment of conception regarding the manufacturing process. 
not from the time that it shows up on the job site and you start connecting things. So then when I started explaining all these details that are associated with that particular business, how you want to change, I guess, the construction industry and you want to build better and you want to build lesser carbon footprint, I don't think you can be profitable the same way that you can be profitable as a standard business. But I think that you can reduce carbon footprint as a standard business, right? So it's like the title doesn't match what's acceptable out there. And I, you know, people are listening and we can argue this point about other people that are doing it in other countries, but nobody really talks about the profitability attached to it. They talk about sustainability. They talk about what's being done, all that stuff. So, you get ego in that side of the world. There's a lot of ego when it comes to passive building. There's a huge amount of ego where they will just automatically dismiss certain building techniques. Just automatically. It's just there's petroleum in there or it's it's made halfway around the world and the amount of uh, carbon that's created just to get it here. So it's like easy there. You know what I mean? For lack of a better word, tree huggers, easy there. Because it's like, you're still living in a home. You're still consuming gas. You're still, you're not off grid. You're not working in a tent or something like that. So it's like, you don't dismiss us. You have an ego. So it's like, there's the, and like we can get into designers. We can get into architects. Architects were, we had Justin Sherry on the show recently. And he was talking about how, like I, I, I brought up the scenario, drawings from 50 years ago. Any builder today could take that drawing and build that. Not have an issue, not have a question knows exactly how to build it. But the drawings of Taylor are not like that. Again, ego. The architects, and he actually said it, the architects in that office leave it to the builder to figure it out. But that's not their job. Ego. Right? So we know, like, there's lots of designer ego. I don't care who you are. And I think it starts off with get rid of the pumps and put on the steel toes. Right. Like, I don't, I, I, I'm furious. I get upset about it. I, it's a job site. It's an active job site. It's a safety risk. PPE should be addressed, harnessed. It should totally, right? You should have a vest on. You should have steel toe on. You should have safety goggles on. You should have all that stuff. And I don't care if it doesn't match your outfit for that day because you're going to go shopping into a certain store or whatever. It makes no sense at that point. You as a designer that works on a job site, you have to go visit tradespeople on an active job site with machinery moving around. You know you need to have PPE in your, your vehicle, whatever vehicle that is, right? Ego, you get engineers that park their luxury vehicles right in front of the job site where anybody that's a trace person knows that that's the site that, that's the place where you don't park anywhere of course. because you might have a delivery on this way. You might have something coming on that way. So why do I need to see some luxurious vehicle parked right at the prime spot? Ego. So why do we not pay attention to the overall scope of construction instead of the individual? It's like, listen, you're not more important than everybody else. You're as important as everybody else is here. You're contributing to this, but you don't need to let us know that you've got more stripes or you got paid more or you're being billed by the hour. Like, you don't need to... like. That's, that's where it all comes from. So I'm attacking everybody ego-wise. Like, I know we started the show talking about tradespeople and their ego. And there's obviously clear ego from the older trades versus the younger sure. trades. And by the jobs, the tasks that they give the younger trades and what to do. And I think that, sure, give them those tasks. Totally. But give them the opportunities, too. And I always did that on my sites. I always encouraged any of the younger trades going, have you done this? No. Pay attention. Start asking questions from the trade that's done it so many times. And they have the schooling for it too. So it's like after you learn, make some mental notes, 
go home and, and do some homework about it. But before you leave, sweep the floors because we've all done it. I still swept floors all the way until my last job that I did, right? So it's like, it's not beneath me. Back to ego. The concrete aggregates and construction industry is always evolving. With an ever-changing industry, it's crucial to stay up to date on the latest technology and techniques. Come to the Canadian Concrete Expo to keep your skills sharp and upgrade your knowledge to meet the needs of today's market. The Canadian Concrete Expo offers over 40 conference sessions, certification courses, stage presentations, and live large equipment demos all in one convenient location. February 14th and 15th at the International Centre in Toronto. If you haven't looked it up yet, go to the CanadianConcreteExpo.com and sign up for the newsletter to get special show offers direct to your inbox. Right? That's my two cents. There's so much there, <laughs> right? You know, and I think that I'm going to start with one of the last things you talked about. Don't ask somebody to do something you're not willing to do. 100%. Right? Don't ask me to go sweep the floor if, you know, you're not willing to sweep the floor. But why is it so easily beneath everybody, like certain people? It's so easy. to meet the, and, I, and I put inspectors in that group too of course i'll put them in there i'm telling you you know like, i haven't met a bad <coughs> mol agent ministry of labor agent i haven't met a, a negative one a harsh one i haven't met one um but yeah i think it, it goes to everybody and then we always and on top of that we still have to deal with the egos from neighbors we haven't even grouped them in for whatever reason because their home is not being renovated they have the right to spread their weight yeah. around us. But then one day they'll want to renovate their home and then they'll want to speak to one of us to get things done. And then they're going to disrupt someone else's life. Or maybe they have this mindset, well, no, I'm never going to do that. There's nothing wrong with my house. I'm like, Psst. you don't say never. Yeah. yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense. Right. So it's like neighbors have ego. Every like, just park it. Look, I, I think that it really gets down to in my mind, so many things pop up and what's present right now is, you know, Unspoken expectations turn into preconceived resentments. Yeah. So what we don't communicate, when we don't communicate our expectations, organically our brains are going to create resentments. You know, the, what's that dickhead doing parking in the middle of the site? Well, he, you know, he, he or she thinks they're, they're burning. Maybe so, right? And if we level set the expectations and say, hey, Jonathan, listen, here's, don't park in front of the site. I know we don't have to have this conversation, and yet... We are having this conversation. Don't park in front of the site. Here's why. Something happens to your vehicle out there. You know, like it, it, it's happened so many more times. But we don't, we have these implied, well, this person should know this. Well, I, I like to flip the script on that and say, wherever there should be should, flip with could. They could know this. No two brains think alike, so they're going to think differently. You go back to, you know, oh, uh, there's so many different things. It, it starts even at a, at a at an early age. The the bully on the playground, right? Ego driven, right? It's funny you bring that up. Yeah, I mean, there's it, a bully on the playground. I I look. Bully on the construction site. Bully on the construction. This is real. Like I mean, I, I deal with this with with uh, my ten year old son, right? Hey man, like th there's a bully. Sometimes you got to understand there's something else going on with him, right? And so what happens when you become curious about that person? Dig in. Hey Max, what's you know what what what's happening here right and this is a really interesting scenario because when 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 this young boy actually shut up and listened and did some digging like you said you know learn something the relationship changed mm -hmm. we don't do that right we we hang on to those resentments because again unspoken expectations become you know those predetermined resentments and like well fuck this guy's just a dickhead that's too easy to 
to just say that to title it that way, right? Sure. I'm just like I think that I don't I don't know if there's anything negative going on in that person's life for them to be this way on the job site. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're just using that as an excuse to get away with what they want to do, and they're just contributing to. I go back to as simple as it's laziness. Yeah, they think they they have the right because they have so many letters after their name, or they have awards after their name, because for the most part, tradespeople don't have those letters and they don't have those awards after their name. So automatically, there's that stigma that's already drawn in the sand where engineers and architects and designers think that they're more valuable than the tradespeople. And I will say, you're not. It's as simple as that. Because you guys don't even know which end is of a a shovel. Like, you don't know how to work it. So if you don't know how to use these tools to build, then you don't have the workforce to build it. You get the reputation out there because you're just ego-driven. You're not going to have anybody caring about what you want to build. They won't give a crap about what you built. They won't contribute and give you ideas that what you drew doesn't make any sense. Right. Right? So it's funny how the people who don't have the letters and awards have the details to accomplish it. Yeah. And, you know, I want to volley some of this responsibility back to our trades out there because it starts with our mindset, right? Rather than I've lived this, right? Oh, I'm just a dumb electrician. No, you silly guy. Flip the script and reframe it. I'm a professional construction worker. Yeah. How does that change things? You're a professional, man. You are a professional, just like a doctor's a professional, like a lawyer's a professional, like an architect and engineer designer's a professional. You're of no lesser value. So, you know, set the boundaries and listen, Jonathan, when we're having this conversation and you're speaking to me this way, it makes me feel stupid. So reframe it in a different way. We have to always, interrupt the patterns. I, I bring up the car thing because I've been known in my younger years and I should start doing it again for pulling a few practical jokes on people's cars, friends. And, and I was just so, I was so close at one point where there was um, an architect that showed up on the job site one time and literally parked right, right at the front, right at the gate, right? like blocking everybody. It was just so annoying, right? A white, stupid Lexus. And um, I wanted to strap it and crane it over and put it in the backyard. I really wanted to do that so badly, but I didn't get the opportunity to do that. Maybe one day I'll be able to do that. Because I would just be like, you shouldn't have parked there. That's as simple as that. You should have just parked down the street and walked to the job site. Because guess what? Everybody that's working on this site does that. And then you get respected differently, right? Because you're not putting yourself you above it. You get yelled at. I don't give a shit. No, but, right? but I'm saying if you start to you know, think from the mindset of you're of equal playing field to everybody else, then the respect level organically occurs. It's like you know, a, a parent yelling, I want you to respect me. I want you to respect. respect is not a, it's not given, right? Like respect doesn't just, I want you to respect me, so now you're going to respect me. No. It's the actions. It's the words. It's the way you speak act and care about people that makes a difference why are so many young trades so hooked on this reputation thing so early on when you have to earn it don't you sure like you have to build that reputation it can't just be like amazon delivered and you have it and it's like go to town now like you have to achieve these certain things in your building career but why do they have to boast and beat their chest with ego to present as if they've already achieved those that reputation. Why do they do that? Are they just trying to... I got there sooner than you did. It took you 10 years to get to the level. I'm going to do it in five years. Who cares? Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a heavy question to unpack. And, and I, I think that there's a lot of... Um, 
societal norms that are now implied where we don't have, we live in a fast paced society. We live in the Amazon world where I order it today, it shows up tomorrow. So if it took Manny 10 years, well, I can do it in seven and then I'm going to boast about it. Right. Which brings you to like social media ego. Yeah. Which is just a different playing field now. Right. So now you're, you're using filters and BS to present yourself bigger than what you really are, which is, I think a lot of young trade, young experienced trades are shooting themselves in the foot right now because they're boasting about getting all this work. Then they start the jobs. Then they can't handle all the work. And then they start feeding into the monster that's social. So they have to constantly be feeding stuff, whether it's true or half true or 10% true. Yeah. They keep posting and sharing that shit. And then what's going to happen is the ego is going to catch up to them and they get consumed. Yeah. So what's the point of going down that road? There's no point in going down that road then. Why don't you just focus on the work and just achieve it and work with the crew and work together and achieve it? And then you don't build your reputation off the first job. You build your reputation off the 10th job and keep going from there, right? No, it's like, that's where, okay, so who's responsible for putting that ego in check? The individual? I, I think there's I think there's a holistic approach. I think, yes, ultimately it comes from the individual, except sometimes the individual doesn't even realize it. Right. Sometimes they're so enamored with the scenario and 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 um, think of any I can think of a, a, a whole number of them. It's just executives that don't know what they don't know. So in their mind, they, they oh, I don't have an ego yet when they're having conversations with people, when they're when they're acting, when they're when they're parking in, the, you know, the the executive parking right out front. So everybody who gives a shit, who gives a shit. Right. The position is not for you. The position is it's a title. When you're not there, it's for the next guy too. It's for the next guy too. So I, I think that there is, A, there's the awareness of the individual. There's also, like any great sports franchise, it comes from coaches and mentors and people around you. Yeah. Right? I look, look at, um, you know, I, I grew up in the era of Wayne Gretzky. And Wayne Gretzky, as great of a player he is, he never ever demonstrated ego. No. Right? And to this day, st st every every interview you see, he was never about uh, himself or all those great freaking Which accomplishments. Which ho hockey player demonstrated ego? Which In that era. I guess, well, I guess no, it doesn't have to be that era. It could be any era. Uh, great question. Who demonstrated ego? Um, I think... Everyone's yelling right now while they're listening to yeah, this. Yeah. They already right. know who I it mean, is. The, 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 the Todd Bertuzzi's of the world, guys like that, the, the, the tougher guys, the, the guys, that, the Donald Brashears of the world, like that is, you know, they're barking. They're there, right? And yet I look at, I, I still go back to Wayne Gretzky because why was he so great? He had, first of all, he had a great, great group of people around him, but it was never, he was never, he was, he had the skill set out of the gate. And it wasn't like he was an overnight brought, the Oilers to success. No, it took time. It took years. It took years. It's been a few times that construction has been related to sports franchise and coaching and team. Cause it's very, it's very similar. It's extremely similar, right? Yeah. Like, and that's what I think more and more trace people need to look at it and go, yeah, it is a lot like it. So who is the captain? Who is the coach? Who's the manager? Who's the mentor? Like, like it's the team, right? And I think if you kind of take a page out of that playbook and apply it to your own business, it kind of works, right? And I think the smart builders out there 
are going home, checking their ego. They're humble about everything. They built their business. They make sure everybody's good. Everybody's learning. But that captain is going home and doing more homework on what's in store for the next week, tomorrow, next year. What's their, what they're interested in, in, in attracting, what kind of clients, what kind of projects. So they're doing all this homework. So then guess what? When they're out back on the job site with their team and a conversation comes up about something and they want to try something, everybody can contribute back to it. Yeah. And then now they start achieving it. And then they can turn around. And I guarantee you that you'll probably use it as a selling feature to attract another client because you could tell them, it goes, oh, by the way, we actually did. We pulled that off. Yeah, yeah. so my, my brain just went to, to sports and I, I got an analogy that sort of landed in my mind and I think of UFC, okay? And I'm not totally connected to UFC today as I once was, but I think of the George St. Pierre era, okay. right? Athlete top of, the, top of his game, humbled, right? Versus uh, the, the Diaz brothers, Nate and what was his other brother's name? Uh-huh. Doesn't matter, right? But those guys would come in out of the gate, like, you know, the big roosters, Eagles, I'm gonna, and you know what happened is, is everybody who was behind the George St. Pierre platform really wanted to see those guys get crushed. And when they did, it was just like, yeah, you deserve that because you were a dick. Because you walked in with so much ego, flashy, flawed, hey, look at what I've done, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. And you're shoving it down somebody else's throat becoming cocky. Now, we bring this to the construction world, how often does it happen? How often are you at events or dinners and go, oh yeah, you know what we did for this guy and this guy and this guy? I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. That was my biggest problem is that I hated people taking credit for work that they never did. Yeah. I don't care if you're the manager. I don't care if you're the owner of the business. I don't care if you're the president. I don't care about any of that. Um, I go back to your tradespeople. You don't have them backing you. You don't have a project. Boots on the ground. If you're not communicating with them with respect, they're not going to have your back. So you can talk all you want at the dinner parties, at the functions, collecting the awards, all that stuff. But you should know the names of everybody that works on your team and what they do and what they've contributed. Because guess what? That team will back you. They'll, they'll save you if there's a problem. If something comes up, they'll anticipate problems. Versus if you don't respect them and drop that ego and show that we're all equal on this playing field, Something will go wrong, and then it's all going to be left on your doorstep, and you're going to have to figure it out at that point as a yeah. company owner, as a president, as anybody, right? Then how do you explain that when you're in these functions or whatever? I always liked that. <laughs> Credit was given where it needed to be given. Where, you know, I go back to TV and HDTV. It's always one person takes all the credit. That makes no sense to me because we've all been in construction. We know how it works. There's not a single person that could just build everything. Sure. Doesn't exist. It's not reality. But yet, again, they take the credit. And I'm like, you should be giving credit where it's due. I always did that in my very early days of social media. Whenever I had someone on there, their name, their business, their hashtag, they did the work. If I contributed and I had something to do with it, sure, I'll say, listen, I gave a hand, I carried this, or I did that, or whatever. I was hanging out, I laid that, or I did that. Sure, but majority of it, that trade did that work. And I was given, I had no problem giving that Because you that don't need work. the recognition. And you know that in the background, those that matter know that you contributed regardless. Yeah. you know, I facilitated their means to get this thing, the task done. That's my job. That's what I did. But in the end, you installed it. You, you took your skill and your craft and you installed it. So in my eyes, you deserve the credit associated with that. Yeah. Look, I want to share a little sure. example because I've worked for 
really humbled leaders and not so humbled leaders. And so here's a, a, a sort of brief analogy of what I mean. One of the great leaders that I worked for, you know, he made a purpose and a promise. No, but it was it was intentional that at every Christmas party he would stand up and he would actually thank, not just the workers, the wives, the spouses, and the families that supported those workers. Because he would stand up there and go, "I don't know how to wire a building, but the guys on the floor do, and the guys on the floor are useless if the families, the spouses, the children, the pets behind them are not there to support them." You know what that did to me? That drove me. Like, he didn't have to say anything else. That was like, I'm good for the next 12 months, man. I'm great. Because that was a driving force. That was him, you know, labeled whatever you want. Like, it's highly successful. The owner of a you know, multi-million dollar organization standing up there saying all this. And it was just like, wow. And the other thing is then you're going around the rest of the night having a drink with somebody and go, man, that was inspirational. I'm here. I ain't ever going to leave this organization. And you flip the script on that too. <laughs> Another version of, of a different leader who stood up there and said, you know, when I was out there, I was doing this, and since I, and then I did this, and then I did this, and right now, you know, I just landed this contract, and I'm talking to this guy, and I'm, buddy, it, it, it's so, your schlong is dragging on the floor. Nobody really cares, because you ain't out there doing the work, and not once have you acknowledged anybody else out there doing the work. You know what that did for me? Immediate disconnect. So it's really magical to talk about what you know when you say what happens what happens when well there's two different ends of the scale i think tradespeople are a little nervous that they only have so many tricks in the bag that if they don't try to get as much credit for each trick then they'll be left behind later on and and my thought process to that is that if you really think that you have a limited amount of tricks in the bag then you shouldn't be in this industry right because I go back to your learning every single day. So if you're learning every single day, then you're going to constantly be replenishing those tricks in that bag. So don't be too nervous about you not getting the full 100% credit on that one trick because that's not the objective here, right? So if you share it, they'll support you and vice versa, and then they'll watch your back, and then you'll come to the next one, and you'll come to the next one. And I, I guarantee you that you're quieter, you'll attract more. Yeah. I totally believe that you'll attract more. Well, it goes back to the vulnerability. You mentioned up, up front where, you know, that guy is to, to sit there, even after doing it for 30 years, to say, okay, perhaps I have ideas, but what do you think, Manny? Yeah. What do you think? Well, now I'm organically and vulnerably sharing to say, I value you. I care about what you have to, to, to say. And now that's fostering an environment where, okay, now I got it. Manny's the type of guy, he might have an answer because because his experience might suggest he might have an answer, but his way is not the only way to do it. No. So there's a big difference. Plus, you also, as tradespeople, you gotta also understand that you're evolving. So whether you become a laborer and you stay that way, or you become a laborer and you become a framer or a specific trade or what have you, you'll eventually become a four-person. You'll become the supervisor, you might become the owner. You might take over the management. So you're, you're constantly moving up the ranks because you're you're not stepping on the people that are behind you and you're not trying to boast about to the people that are ahead of you. Yeah. You'll get a lot further if you take everybody with you and you work together and then you move up the ranks. Everybody, I don't know anybody that wants to stay as a laborer. Everybody wants to move up the ranks and try some things, but not everybody's designed to be the super, the site, the manager the owner of the company. They're not. Maybe they're designed to just be coaches, be mentors. Yeah. 
right? Be that person that works that trade specifically that helps out the whole business, right? So you have to pay attention to those opportunities. That might open up your world to something else. You don't know that for sure. Yeah. Right. That's where it goes to creativity. I think if you drop the ego and you focus more on the creative aspects of construction, because there is a lot of creativity in construction. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. It, it's basically a catalyst now at that point. So you, should, you shouldn't miss those opportunities, right? And me, me, but the thing is, most of these guys and girls, they'll miss them because they think that they're not given their fair share of ego. I'm like, it doesn't make any sense to me. What do you mean by that? Where do they feel they're going to miss their fair share? I, I think that if I go back to the bag, I go back to like, I, I want to get the most recognition on this task uh. as possible. And if they don't, then they'll feel like they'll be passed over. That's a corporate mindset. You know what I mean? That's, it's not a, and it happens on construction sites. Of course it does. Totally happens on construction sites, right? You'll get people who will BS or lie or say something. And they never achieved this. They never did that. So then they can move up in the ranks faster than that person. And we go back to what we talked about at the very beginning where it's like, I know you did it in five. I want to do it in three. Then someone who does it in three, somebody else is going to come along. I want to do it in one. There's value in taking your time to get there tortoise in the hair like there's value in taking your time to get to somewhere because you don't know what else you're going to learn that's going to take you somewhere else right right there's always some opportunities that come from so you you didn't get you got rejected for a reason but it put you onto a different path but if your ego would have got the better of you you would have made more enemies yep then you probably would not have been given that path yeah because you would have armored up with resentment and like gone to battle and and then you know villainized that person because it becomes really easy to villain oh screw jonathan because he said this so now he's the villain and and it's that um um it's just the anger and that uh i don't want to say violence but that vengeance right versus exactly what you just said look at how you could pivot around it and say hang on a second an opportunity came up here so what now what then people get blinded by it because they don't realize what's going on. Because we think, yeah, short-sighted. Oh, well, this he just screwed me for the rest of my career. I don't know. I think if you drop the ego, then you'll make lots of friends. There's plenty of people that I've met in construction in my first year of construction that I still speak to today. Sure. Right? So, I mean, I respect them, what they've accomplished and what they are doing and their livelihood and how they've evolved and how they've grown and it's nice to see it. I don't have a resentment. Like I know there's a lot of builders, GCs that have this fear of I'll teach them all these tricks and then they'll be off and gone and do their own thing. Who cares? Right. Like I don't <laughs> care. But a lot of employers, whether you're in individual trades, you hire somebody new and then your ego is getting the best of you, best of you because you're concerned that you'll teach them as much as you can and then they'll go off and start their own business. Good. Because they let them stay friends with them because the thing is you might have too much work going on that you might need to give them work. Then you could maybe work together, their company, your company. And in the back of your head, you know that they started that company because they were inspired by you and what you taught them. Instead of you disliking them and losing a friendship and saying, well, he, he's doing better than me. Well, that's on you now. If you let somebody else do better than you, then your, I go back to the older, is doesn't have as many tricks, right? Yeah. Let the younger do that. You should be looking for other things to do. Look, thank you. 
resonates with like, everything in life, and, and my dad still says this to the day, but everything, everything has a life cycle. Everything in life has a life cycle, whatever life cycle that is. And if you talk about that individual, it's like, okay, so they moved on to something else. Good. We want them to evolve because it creates space for the next thing. Look at, look at the Wayne Gretzky scenario again. Right, gets traded from the Oilers. What happens at that point? Disarray. Oh my God, how are we trading the greatest player of all time? Because everything has a life cycle. His time there expired and he went on to, to LA, you know, to help LA build the next franchise. And what happens with, with, with Edmonton at that point in time? Well, Edmonton went through their own rebuilding stage to create space for the next leaders, right? For the, like, here's the thing. We think, oh my God, this person's going to be there for, for, for life. Maybe they are, except if we don't incubate them appropriately, and they're not going to evolve and grow, then effectively they're dying anyway. So now you're just, what's the point? I get asked a lot, are you not swinging the hammer, man? Right. Like, no, not these days I'm not, because this has become more of a full-time position, right? Sure. And it's like, do you miss it? Of course, of course I miss it. I don't miss the negative side of things, of the business. But what I did really like about swinging the hammer was teaching. Like I said, I always gave young, old, anybody opportunity to do whatever you want because I was always pushing the envelope where I want to try new ideas, new materials, new techniques, new all that shit. So I missed the teaching part of it. So I'd, I'd still like to think that, sure, I miss swinging the hammer, but I'd like to think that this show is still an extension of teaching. It's just a different version of it. So instead of me being on a job site and we're working and we're building something and I'm educating one person or two people or whatever, I'm thinking that, I'm teaching more people about what to do or not to do or what consider. So my thought process is the same. The playing field is different. That's how I look at this show. Yeah. Eventually I'll get back and swinging the hammer doing something like that because I do miss it. I do enjoy building it because the wheels are still spin spinning. I'm probably not one of those older trades that have will run out of ideas. That's not who I am though by nature. I'm always thinking about a new idea, something that's different, right? So um, it just, it's supposed to come to you that way. So, so through these sort of transitions and pivots in life, what have you done to create awareness about your ego and keep that sort of in control? Just shut up. Mm. Like, honestly, just oh, shut up, right? Beautiful. Like, I think you totally have to just shut up and realize that you'll never be the smartest person in the room at all. doesn't matter what stage in your life is. You will never be. So then just shut up and listen more than speak. It's as simple as that. Right? Even I listen to this show occasionally, right? Yeah. Not, not for the technical side of getting the show out there. I listen to it because I remember certain conversations and I'm like, that was a good conversation where I gave the opportunity to somebody, a guest, to speak and I just shut up and I just listened. I was listening to what they had to share and get it out there. So I think that the younger experienced trades need to just shut up more and listen more simple as that yeah and you'll get further and in my eyes faster right don't worry about maybe there's a reason why it's going to take you two five ten twenty years it doesn't matter right yeah maybe there's a reason why I, i'm smiling like you know you go back to the social media saying what's the little hack there it is folks there's, it's not a magic pill shut up and listen yeah practice being the last person to speak but everyone's always trying to feed the machine and saying that I'm more important than the next person. I've accomplished this than the next person. Who cares? If, and then also, okay, so let's still talk about ego where what if someone's attacking your ego? What if someone's attacking you and what you're sharing? Who cares? Who cares? 
what value do you like what i do is really simple the concrete aggregates and construction industry is always evolving with an ever-changing industry it's crucial to stay up to date on the latest technology and techniques Come to the Canadian Concrete Expo to keep your skills sharp and upgrade your knowledge to meet the needs of today's market. The Canadian Concrete Expo offers over 40 conference sessions, certification courses, stage presentations, and live large equipment demos all in one convenient location. February 14th and 15th at the International Centre in Toronto. If you haven't looked it up yet, go to the CanadianConcreteExpo.com and sign up for the newsletter to get special show offers direct to your inbox. Someone says something bullshit to me. I look at who they are, right? I'll, I'll quickly look at their page and I'll get a sense. If it's automatically a private page, I do not give a fuck. I don't care about it anymore. Like, it's done. You're just saying something to kind of get under my skin and to provoke me. Good luck. It's not going to happen. I don't care anymore. So it's done. If you want to continue saying that, go ahead. There's other people that have gone on and they started defending it and talking about it. And I'm like, go down that path if you want. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I don't, I don't have the time for it. I don't care. I, I rather focus my energy elsewhere. Come up with another better idea. Come up with a, a simpler technique or, you know, like go online and Google this or that and go, oh, I'm curious about how can I pull this off? How can I do this? How can I, I rather pull that shit off. And then like there's dozens of ideas that have been racking around in my head in regarding construction that have not been done on the job site sure. because I never had the opportunity to do them. But I strongly feel that one day there'll be an opportunity and then I'll do it. And it will seem like it's effortless. And they're like, how did you pull that off so easily? Man? Well, technically, it's been in my head for a long, long time. I racked it over and over trying to figure it out. And that's what we do as construction people, trace people. We trial and error it in our head thousands of times before we actually do it. And that's why when we see them do it for the first time, technically, it's not the first time. Mm. right and that's why they look like a professional and they look like rock stars now you can stand up and take a bow and smile like appreciate that you pulled that off great but still be quiet about it and then move on to the next task because guess what there's another hurdle that you got to figure out so figure that one out and move on yeah so that's how i look at it but yeah you are gonna and like people you're missing opportunities you're missing like network your your relationships friendships you're missing on probably one of the biggest ones that I would say is your own personal growth. Yeah. Like you're missing that. You're not the same tradesperson that you were your first year. You never will be. Right? Like I, I remember the very first time I ever plastered. I would never show that. It's disgusting. I didn't even know anything about feathering. I didn't know anything about how to handle stuff. But now I know how to do that shit. Am I faster than the professional mother out there? No, of course not. Can I carry my own? Sure. Would somebody hire me? No. But if I was doing it for myself, for just for my own satisfaction, my own personal growth, hell yes, I would totally do it. And I've done that before where I've hired trades. And I go, put me in coach. Just let me, I want to do something. They know that I'm going to take longer, but let me just tackle this. I want to do this because I get a satisfaction out of it. I'm not doing it to boast about it. There you go, right? I'm doing it because I just want to learn and I want to achieve it. But I also know how the serenity that's attached to that. Like there's a calmness attached to it, right? Where you know what needs to be done and you take care of it and you contribute it. So it's no different than you can be that person who drives by, didn't swing a hammer on the job site, but you financed the job site or you had something to do with the client or you drew the designs or you 
structurally outlined everything, I think there's a lot more satisfaction in the person who actually swung the hammer. Sure. Right? Because they had their hands on that structure, right? And I, I, I mean, I've seen it, and I'm pretty sure that most designers, architects, and engineers that go onto job sites after they're completed, I bet you any money, the majority of them are touching everything. Why do they touch everything? For the same reason that trace people touch everything. Because they want to be a part of that dwelling. They want to be a part of that structure. They want to say that my hands had something to do with that dwelling. Yeah, my touch, feel, and move, right? Like, it's something very different. There's a, a great analogy, too. There's something, one thing to see on a piece of paper, and then there's nothing to see. Oh, here's what this tile looks like. That's uh, a pretty nice tile. Maybe I'll use it again, right? And, and then dig into it. Like, what, what about having a conversation with the guys installing it, right? There's a good, there's a good humbling experience as, as well. Oh, it's a great tile, great tile, great tile, until it's not. Until you're like, yeah, it looks great, but it was a bitch to install, right? Okay, well, thanks for that feedback. Now, all of a sudden, again, this is that constant re reoccurring loop. How do we keep our ego in check? We learn. It's, I go back to that time thing where it's a, I, I think that the younger experienced trades don't realize how valuable that extra time is to take to accomplish tasks. Sure. I think that they don't smell the roses long enough. I think there's too focused on getting to the end without realizing the purpose behind the task. So I think if you appreciate what you're doing and what you've accomplished, you'll be able to expand your own, your own self at that point and grow from it, mm -hmm. right? But if you're just so quick about just get it done, take the picture, add the filter, post it, move on. You've forgotten it as quickly as you wanted to accomplish it. Right. It was, it was a simple check the box metrics, right? It, it, it means nothing. It's, oh, one more picture on the, on the website or one more picture on the, on, the, on the media feed. Why did structures in Europe and other countries take so long? We're talking so long. I'm talking about centuries. Like they're handed down through generations. You don't think that those tradespeople at that time were stopping and smelling the roses and appreciating the skill that it took? Right. Building the first coffered ceiling, building archways, building bridges building structures that they knew that would be around here for centuries. Yeah. I get it. You're fighting, and I go back to the profit. Your subdivision, doing track building. It's just another shell. It's another box. I get it. But why not just take a moment, smell the roses, I don't know, sign the back of a drywall sheet and just hang that board up, right? I don't know. Some, leave a note, whatever. So-and-so was here and the date right my name and the crew's name and the business name and the year the date the time put the time down we all see it on drywall you ever paid attention to the butt joint on a factory joint on about a sheet of drywall the business the company the date it was manufactured and the time mm. is printed there why as tradespeople, why shouldn't we be doing that I, I see it i do see it sometimes you'll see people take a sharpie and put it on the back of a tile and people who don't understand this and why we do that are the ones that don't get it because they look at it and going, I don't get it. You're writing on something that's being covered and it's embedded into mortar. It's gone top of plywood. Take a spray can and just spray. I used to do that all the time. I did graffiti on the subfloor before we installed the hardwood. Mm. Why would you do that? Because I know it's there. It's always going to be there. My, my fingerprint is there. And I think that if more trades stopped and smelled the roses... 
they wouldn't have the ego. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they would appreciate the people that built that structure, whether it's track or whether it's custom, whether it's high rise, whether it's commercial, whether it's in Canada, U.S., any other country, whether. I bet you that other tradespeople that have far less that are working just trying to build a small little home somewhere in the middle, halfway around the world or whatever, probably stop and smell the construction. And they probably do give a little signature. My dad used to do that in bricks, right? Like we would laugh about throw the cigarette butt inside the mortar. Like it's just like that's a little signature thing. It was just always there. But I think that it's important. It's not the actual thing that they're doing. It's to stop. Like you need to stop. We're all go, go, go. We get it. We start our day, safety talk. Everybody's on the same page. We know what the scope is going to happen for today, this week, this month, this job. Take a moment and stop. Yeah. Appreciate the skill that you have and leave a little bit of you behind. That keeps you grounded. I think so. I totally think it, it does. You and you know, you got a lot of people out there saying, I don't have time. Okay, you, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. How do you want to spend it? Because if you take that extra period of time to create your signature thing, whatever it is for you, think of how you'll feel. Think how different you'll show up. Think you show up different for the guys around. Look at the camaraderie you just create. Boys, come in, boys and girls, who's ever, you know, come on, folks, come and sign this wall. We, right? did, we did that on the Phoenix job. The Phoenix job that I did that people were following me on the social media, it was a bit of a shit show. It was a shit show for a bunch of reasons, and I was brought in to take over okay. the shit show. And I was reluctant about taking over. It's not always the, it's not always the best situation to of take over not. a job, right? Because you're just, you're having to not take responsibility on a lot of stuff that's been done and then take responsibility on a lot of stuff that you're trying to coordinate, right? But what I did like about that job immensely, and I still speak to the client on a personal level. We still connect. We still talk. We, we, we got oysters the other day. We got together, right? And we had oysters. And it was great. It was his idea. What do you feel for? And he suggested. I was like, Fine, let's go ahead. I'm going to let's go. And so what I did like is as we were all racing to try to finish the job and get it done because he was just promising his wife that it was going to get done by a certain time. And I just looked at him when he said that date. I was like, don't ever do that again. It's just it's adding more pressure to us. But there was a moment during the build that there was a large portion of trades on that site. We were all everybody was electrical, plumbing, finishing and trim and, and painting touch ups. It was like everybody was there. It was just like it was a madhouse. Right. And then there was this one piece of trim piece that needed to be installed and it was getting ready to be installed. It was literally going to be put into place and finalized. It was done the way it was going to get done. It was all with glue and adhere and it was all clamped together and it was done. It's about to go in. It has the glue on it, right? It's about to go in. And I just stopped everybody. And I looked at the homeowner. I was like, no, hang on. Who's got a Sharpie? I always have a Sharpie on me. Everybody there signed. Everybody signed. They all, we all spent five, 10 minutes and we all signed the back of it. All of us. We went all along. It was an eight foot tall piece, about 10 inches wide, white oak. We all signed. We all signed. And then we're about to put in the homeowner's like, hang on, let me put some money in there. So he put a, a $20 bill or something like that. I don't know what the money thing was about, but you're already spending a shitload of money on this job anyway, so you might as well throw $20 more. But what I liked is that everybody, big or small, didn't matter who it was, for one weird reason, all those signatures were equal. The ego was gone. We didn't do it because of the ego. We just did it because we were all contributing to that job. It tied everybody together. Yeah. And for that moment in time, it's like, this is what teamwork's about, folks. This is what it all means, right? 
Yeah, great. We put up this nice, we created this nice wall, but it's what's behind that wall that matters. It's it's what's behind that wall that you're sharing the story today that resonates deep with me and resonates deep with the folks out there. Because if you take one thing away, it's like, make a difference. Find something small. I don't know. Sign a block. Whatever your signature move is, figure it out. Doesn't it? And and then say, you know, what, what, here's a thought. What could happen when we start to organically, you talk about creativity. Hey, this time we signed the back of the wall. Jonathan, what do you want to do next time? Yeah. Right? And now all of a sudden, we're bringing everybody else into it. Okay, Jim, what do you think? Okay, Paul, what do you think? Okay, Angelina, what do you think? Right? And all of a sudden, holy smokes. Now, guess what? I, it's fermenting in my brain, and there's a marinating thought. It's like, oh, well, how cool could it be? And now you're just playing a game, right? You, you know, you've, you've, how do we amplify it? How do we get better? How do we, and then now we're talking about it. Now we're, we're sitting around having a meal or having a beer or whatever it is. Remember when? Oh, Yeah. What when did you see the finished product and you're like, for some weird reason, you're getting specific trades, look at a specific part of the build. It may not be the beautiful kitchen or the beautiful master. It might be a piece of trim. And you're like wondering, why are you looking at that? Well, because you know the story behind it. You know what you left behind, what you contributed, right? So it's just, I think that if you do it and then another trades person next to you does it with you and they contribute and then another person does it, then the plumbers, electricians walk away from it. And they go, well, I'm going to do the same thing on my pipe that i'm running do it man do it. do it it's just like that's dropping the ego that's getting rid of the ego sure it is and understanding why you're there as a tradesperson working on this project right you know and, and you know the other thing that comes to mind is is gratitude right 100 say hey thanks like but not just like a simple thanks make it meaningful hey manny thanks for you know having awareness to to not screw me up on that wall or thanks for asking the question i truly appreciate it, it made a difference Right? I don't think we do that enough either on sites. Is we don't thank each other. We don't check in with each other. Hey, what are you doing today? Okay, cool. Good. Well, thanks for you know pivoting, starting in that corner and at that corner because I got to put a box there. Cool. Right. I think it's there. I think you have to be selective, and that's where it goes to managing your ego. Right. Yep. I think that as much as you're running a business and you're trying to make money and you're trying to please the client. I go back to the sports. You're still putting your team together. It's just like you need to understand that these are the players that will achieve this for me. So there's a lot of things that are going on in your head when you're running a business and you're building a brand and you're looking out for the right tradespeople to be aware. Like you got to understand that their mindset has to be on the same page as your mindset. You can't just hire the person because you've been told that they'll get it done as fast as possible right. for the price that you want. That necessarily is not the right answer all the time, right? Because if they're a disruptor and their ego's too big and they come on the playing field and then now they're upsetting the rest of the unit, then on. what happens yeah. to you? Yeah. So fine. So that one task there, that accomplished and it went fast, but then all of a sudden it affected everybody else and now they don't care to even be on the site. They didn't show up for the next day. They didn't accomplish theirs. Well, how valuable was that ego then at that point? It wasn't at all. It actually damaged the whole overall picture of your business now. So you need to understand that, Like you, I guess you just blatantly asked them, I was going, how big is your ego? Is it bigger or smaller than your toolbox? Which one is it? <laughs> like I, I just it. don't, and then if you, if you think that they have a huge ego, then just blatantly ask them. Call them out on it. Yeah. Hold on, on it. That's it. Like, listen, we don't need any egos here, man. We're all skilled trades people. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. So if they want to ruin the team dynamic, you got to wonder how valuable is that? 
And when you screw up, acknowledge it. Right? There's the other thing that drives you. Oh, it wasn't me. It was somebody else. Oh, God. What are some things that we can do, Jonathan, on a job site like that we can just remove the ego from the workplace? I think the number one pillar for me is, is be curious. Be curious about everything. Yeah. Right? Ask questions. And even when you think you know the answers, ask questions again. You know, and you've asked questions of yourself. Like, what if I was wrong? What if I'm right? Like, something happens. Okay. So what? Now what? Right? You know, like this person. Th- uh, okay, so, so here's, a, here's an example, right? This would happen. I've seen this happen on when we're doing condos. And we're putting condos up. And you have a rough-in crew that comes and puts all the core line in the slab. And, you know, you, you mess something up. You miss something. And it's typical all the way up. You've got that same issue all the way up. Well, then what happens is it becomes really easy to, to, to villainize and blame that person. Why not? Or what if you, and, and so, so picture this is that if I was doing the rough and once it was completed, I was moved to another project versus keeping me present on that job to say, Jonathan, here's what happened. You missed the, you know, valence lights all the way up. Okay. So what now what? Rather than saying, yeah, you're fucked up and yeah. on and on. It's just like, all right, so how do you want to pivot past this? yeah. So what, folks, now what? Because the stories we attach to it becomes, you know, empty meanings. And, okay, so here's another thing that holds, is important to me. The ability to hold two truths at the same time. Yes, we messed up and it cost us time and money. And, you know, here's the opportunity that's here too. It's not a right nor wrong nor good nor bad. It simply is. Right. It's a learning opportunity. We have to treat it like a learning opportunity. You bring up a really good point, though, because I'm not too familiar with, you're more familiar with the high-rise and how, as a tradesperson, you're just a number. Yep. You're replaced tomorrow if you get hurt. You know? Um, so it's like, I guess they just pummel you with not having an ego. You literally just come in and just do what you're told, and that's it. Like, they... they put you even further down how do you handle that how do you handle that ego coming from the corporation where they realize that you're replaceable tomorrow but yet you're still being asked to do the job just good enough to get the job done so then high rise can get passed and approved move forward oh that's a fantastic i love that question and i think that for me that comes down to leadership on site the four person leading the crew Mm -hmm. right I'm not simply treating Jonathan as a number. I'm actually digging in to learn a little bit more about him. And maybe, you know what? He's really efficient at running Coraline in slab, and he hates it. Or, you know, his back is sore, and he's not saying anything because he fears of losing his job. So we help create psychological safety. And then I learn about Jonathan and say, oh, you know what he actually likes doing? He actually likes pulling fire alarm cable. Oh, my God, we need that person. So now you're diversifying that, right? But you didn't know that unless you spoke to that. Unless person. you spoke to, again, curiosity, right? So h- how do you, the question, the question was, if, if from a top-down organization, you're treating people like numbers, so, like, so what, now what? Now it gets down to the, to, the, to the crews leading the site that makes a difference. What kind of camaraderie do we, you know, when, when I come into a shack, is it cleaned? Is it organized? Is there, is there a tablecloth? Is there, like, is there a coffee machine? Simple things that make it feel homely. Or is it like this dark, dungy place that smells like dirt? In the same respect, though, if you're walking in and it is that way where it hasn't been maintained, hasn't been taken care of, it doesn't mean that you ignore it and move on. Why don't you contribute to cleaning it up and Absolutely. be a part of it? Yeah. Speaking out to other people that leave, I guess, whatever, their coffee or whatever, their butts or whatever, all that crap, 
and you don't you can complain about it or you can contribute to actually changing it those are the two options on the table yep so the other thing that shows up to me aside from curiosity about everything is the awareness to know that everything matters and if everything matters and everything matters then you're going to make a difference and you're going to take a stand for something and say jonathan look I live with the philosophy that everything matters so that, you know, if I take, I'm not going to take a whole box of screws. I'm going to take the screws that I need in my pouch and I'm going to go up there because, you know, you, what is the guy takes a hundred screws? Like, oh, so what? The screws, the screws cost five bucks. The company's got tons of money. Yeah, and then you leave the screws in the ceiling somewhere. Everything makes a difference. Everything matters. But everybody, I guess at that point, people take constructive criticism personally then they'll just look at it like they don't like that person. Why am I even here? I shouldn't be here. And I look at it like you're ruining a potential amazing tradesperson. That's what you're doing. You're not, you're not adding value to that person. They're not, you're not giving them the potential. You're not letting them start. You know what I mean? No, what do you, I'm not sure. I'm not no, sure. so it's like if you don't, if you just keep on feeding these people as numbers. Oh, yes. Got it. Got right? it. Got it. Yeah, I got it. Meanwhile, now. like they have so much more oh, in them to yeah. give, but they're not being allowed to present what they have. So now you're taking something away from the potential of the future of this company. This person might actually be an amazing four person one day. <laughs> this person might actually lead another division of this business one day. But I guarantee you won't, you won't ever see that as an organization because they're gone. I they're going to leave. That, be, if you're going to treat somebody like a widget, guess what happens? See you later. But that constructive criticism comes from that top tier people. You know, that that's how they treat everybody, which they shouldn't. And I go back to just the above, like the high rise, right? I go back to that. It happens in custom. It's like, I think it's, I think it's disgusting when, like when I was hearing certain things about when they were building Drake's place, his whole stupid champagne palace, right? How, you know, no trades were allowed to photograph, discuss, share, talk about anything. It was all going to be left with just the designer and the architect and the builder and only the builder himself. And that was it. And I'm like, I would want nothing to do with that construction. I don't care about creative wise or what was being built. I would want, that's a team that I would not want to be on. Because what's the point of me giving my skill set to that environment? Yeah. There's no point at all. I go back to the person that doesn't really care about boots on the ground. So you want to take all the accolades and present it like you did that? Well, the industry knows that you didn't do that. Yeah. You know, your friends that are blind to the fact that the industry knows that you didn't do that, they don't care about it either. Yeah. But that's that's a different line. So I wouldn't, lots of people ask me, like, wouldn't you want to work on a build like that? Never in a heartbeat. No. I want nothing to do with that. Because I'm about the team. I'm about the, the brotherhood and sisterhood. I'm about, like, we pool our ideas together to come up with better ideas i'm about i'm not the smartest person in the room never will be some kid right now i joked i joked with someone recently i was like sure when you got a podcast going and you're sharing shit you have to pay monthly subscriptions to having hosting services and all this other shit right. and i'm like it's a set fee that's all it is you pay all these amount like monthly amounts or whatever and i just joked you know what I'll probably just continue, even though the show stops or whatever, I'll continue paying those every month for like the next 20, 30 years. The show will probably stop at that point with me or whatever. And I'll keep on doing that because some kid who's not born right now is going to discover the construction life. And the conversation is going to be relevant. Yep. Because the people, they're still people. 
and the work that they do might not be the specifics that we do regarding specs and technical know-how, but the trades person will still be the same. So a new person coming into the industry is going to appreciate that conversation. And it'd be a little funny too when you're talking about certain things from 2018, 2019, 2020, and whatever, and they're listening to it in 2040. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it just, my heart sank when you shared the story about uh, the Champagne Palace. I had the pleasure, and I say it today because I learned a lot. It was one of the lowest points of my career. I was working on a, um, it was a custom home, and it was for, you know, it was one of those, we're going to do this favor for somebody, and it was it was cool, fine. This individual um, made it very vividly clear that there was no photos allowed inside the home, and it was um, it was tough, and we had so many individuals thrown off the site because this, unfortunately, this person's ego was rather large and it was never his fault. It was always somebody else's fault and everybody else was useless and worthless. Um, and, you know, I took some hard stands for, for, for our team and eventually I was uh, asked to leave too, right? And in fact, and you know, the, the hardest part about it today is that um, the, the inauthenticity, the lack of courage, the lack of vulnerability... If I screwed up, tell me you're a fucking asshole and here's why. And unfortunately, I ran, I've ran into this, this, this human being and he um, won't look me in the eyes, right? You know, shakes my hand re- reluctantly. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. You, you Do you know Ginger's on Castlefield? No. Ginger's, for everybody who's listening, is a high-end bathroom kitchen fixture place, right? Ultra high-end. Castlefield, that area there, right? Sure. Um, and I was asked by the client to go, one client to go there and just take a look at some of the fixtures that they were considering, right? They wanted to purchase them from there. I wasn't using them as a supplier. I just, I didn't like what they were all about. And I knew that they were more designer and client driven and not tradesperson person driven. Okay. So I don't change my attire when I'm working. And sure. if I was doing a task and I got a little bit dirty, I'll wipe up a, a little bit because I want my vehicle to be somewhat clean. And then I'm on the road and I get to places. So as soon as I walked into Ginger's, it was just ego and attitude. And I had, I, at the, that time, I was walking around with DSLRs, right? So I wasn't photographing from my phone, my camera phone. I was photographing from a proper camera. So I walked in with it. And without even saying hello to me, asking who I was, they just said the first thing out of their mouth was, you can't take any pictures here. Okay, all right, wasn't planning on. Well, you have a camera. I was like, yeah, okay. So that was the first thing. Not even like, hello, how are you? How's it going, right? So they already put me in a certain box. I walked around for a little bit. I walked around to the moment that I did a loop. Nobody came up to me, said hello. Nobody talked to me. Nobody asked me if I was interested in anything, nothing at all. I left, told the clients I can purchase your items that you want somewhere else. I'll take care of it, no problem. Still to this day, it never did, never will, never care to buy a single item from Ginger's. Because their ego treated me a certain way because I walked in there with work pants. They didn't know who I was. I could have been small man on the totem pole. I could have been the totem pole. But that's how they treated me. So I say that now and I'm like, yeah, I'll never purchase anything from Ginger's. Yeah. I'm sure they have lots of clients that purchase lots of shit from them, but not me. And I'll never endorse them and I'll never speak highly of them. And that's how you don't yeah. treat people. Like you shouldn't speak to somebody that way. 
And you know, you're seeing us, and like, why bother? Like, why, you know, to to, to the to the gingers of the world, why bother? There was no reason for that. But I mean, I was I was, I didn't stay there long enough to to wait for a designer, of all dressed up, to walk in there to get that treatment that they're so used to. Because I already knew in the back of my head that's how they would treat certain people. But if you're a tradesperson walking in with workwear, then that's how you treat me. Well, that, then you don't get any business from me. Then you're you're missing an opportunity. Human beings create relations with people and do work with people based on the experiences, right? That's what it gets down to. We remember the experiences we have, how the experience made us feel. That's why I, we're having this conversation. That I, was, <laughs> I think workwear is cool looking. I'm not talking about track pants here. I'm talking about proper workwear. If you have proper workwear, I still believe, I go back to sports. It's a uniform. Yeah. It's a jersey. Your hoodie, your vest, your work pants, pockets, no pockets, tool belt. It's a uniform. It's a functioning uniform. Be proud to wear it. Yep. It gets a little dirty over time. Sure, it does. It might get a little snag here and there. Sure, it does. Patch it up. Patch it up. Keep patching it up until you can't patch it up anymore. And then guess what? Buy a new pair. They're brand spanking new. It gets dirty. Gets snagged. Patch it up. Yeah. Keep doing that. And you shouldn't be afraid to walk into any place, right? And I've done that before. I've walked into banks. I've walked into all restaurants. I've walked into whatever. I just, I don't, I'm not afraid to walk around. I never, at the beginning of my first year, I never was afraid. If you wanted to judge me and look at me a certain way just because that's who you are as a person or that's your ego or whatever, then that's on you. I don't give a shit. But if you want to have a genuine conversation about who I am and what I bring to the table, sure, talk about it. But I go back to the beginning where we talked about it. I, I would have a, dis like a disdain towards any designers that showed up with pumps on the site. Yeah. I'd Like I hate it. I couldn't stand it. You need a proper PPE. Simple as that. I don't care if it doesn't look good with your outfit. And what puts you, yeah, it, it pulls on both sides of it for me because it's like, and, and, and it's an end conversation. And what puts you, Mr. or Mrs. Person, above the law? Because the law states safety, right? Safety. You know, you step on a construction site, where's your PPE? Where's your PPE? Then if something happens, then you're blamed, right? Even though you were dressed. Oh, you let them on the site. Yeah, you oh. let them on the site. I don't know. But there's usually the ones parking right in the front too as well, which one day hopefully I'll get the opportunity to have a crane, wrap <laughs> up that, that car as fast as possible and swing it over to the backyard and leave it there and then throw the crane on the trailer and let it go away. It's done. Then they can come out and go, how did, who, where, how did that? I, I had no idea. I don't know what you're talking about. We're done for the day. I'm gone. See you later. Uber that point right so no there's always a bunch of things there's always i guess there's two avenues when it comes to ego as a trace person you decide every single day how you want to travel with your ego how you want to present it how you want to give it like you decide at that point uh, yeah i think it gets into the control of it right you know having the right be humble about it but don't be a dickhead about it and, and sort of you know leverage your ego into confidence when appropriate it's funny, uh, ego management is actually a journey. And it just evolves as, as you progress in construction. It's all it is, really simple if you look at it that way. Yeah. Right? I don't, I don't think you need to walk on the job site with this massive ego. I think the smaller the better. Just do the work, be part of the team, work together, pull it off, 
next job. This guy is going to pivot back to sports for a moment, right? It's like the hockey team. Um, you know, the, the, the C on the, you know, the captain, somebody's the captain steps on the ice. What's every player? I want to crush the captain, right? Cause they walk on like, this is the, this, this guy's going to be the, the, the biggest, best player out there. They want to crush him, right? Yeah. They want to crush him. I think, I think there's full circle too. Like, I think that we all get started in the industry. We have the smallest ego ever because we want to learn. Yes. But the moment we start learning a lot, our ego starts to grow. But I go back to at some point, you're going to start, you're not going to learn as much as you did in the early years. And then you're going to start to wonder, well, where else can I take my skill set? What else can I share it? And I think eventually it becomes about mentoring. It becomes about coaching. It becomes about teaching the next generation. And again, you should be teaching it without ego. You should be letting everybody know, yeah, sure, construction is like this. Construction used to be like this. There's opportunities here and there. You should be considering this. You should look into this. Like That's where the mentoring and coaching comes along. Yep. So it's like we all go full circle at that point. Every tradesperson, I've said it over and over, you eventually become the teacher. You could be the young guy first year starting. At some point, 20, 30, 40 years down the line, you're going to be teaching some person who's not born right now. That's just part of your um, CV. Yeah. Simple as that. And I think one thing to add to that teaching piece is that sometimes you have to let the failure occur. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? It's sometimes a check. You got, sometimes you got to let the failure. Okay, listen. I told you, Jonathan. I told you, Jonathan. Jonathan, do it your way. And then check in. How did that go for you? Man, it sucked. Got it. But I'm pretty sure that it sucked, but you learned something. I might think I'm ever going to do that again. No. You learn something and keep it and hang on to it because then it won't happen again and then it won't suck again because you'll learn something else from another one that's suck and then you'll take that one and then move on and then guess what? Now it's Wednesday. You still got the rest of the week to deal yep. with. So it's just, it's, that's construction as part of construction. Listen, I, we've all had moments. I've let my ego take charge and emotionally react to situations and then you, you learn from it. And like, wow, that didn't serve well. Anything that else you want to share? Well. I think we covered quite a bit. No, this has been fantastic. Thank you for this. Has been a, a really important topic. I um, want to let everybody know about the book so um, you can get a hold of it, right? Yeah, Where sure. Do you, have, do you have the link on your uh, yep. Kick on your your social. Yeah, no? yeah. Kick your ego aside and put people first. Um, book I wrote twenty twenty, and uh, I, I distilled it to five principles I learned uh, when when leading projects and leading teams when when working on construction sites, and you know where my failures were and how to pivot past them, and if it served well and it lands with somebody, fantastic. Uh, Amazon, right on my website, uh, socials, it's all there. Kick all your there. ego side. Or if you come into the studio, there's copies yeah, here. Yeah, left some here in the then studio. You grab them, right? They're here. And then what's your social again? Jonathan Sinelli? Jonathan A. Sinelli. A. Sinelli. Uh, website's www.jonathansinelli.com. It links everything. That's it, Jonathan. All We're right, going to do these once a month. We're just going to be talking about specific things, something to do with the new tough, and just trying to educate. Uh, old and new generation of tradespeople. This is that. huge. Thank you for That's allowing always. the opportunity to make this happen. Cool. It's always good to see you, man. All right, man. Thank We're out of here. Thanks, Angelina.